The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning, Merry Christmas, and welcome to a very special edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes, an open, honest conversation about gambling addiction as always, happy to have with me from Epic Risk Management, formerly with the New Jersey Council on Compulsive Gambling, 800 Gambler, Dan Trelaro. Danny, Merry Christmas, and how are you? I'm doing great. Merry Christmas, Craig. I hope you're having a great day. What a great, what a great way to spend the, uh, the Christmas day. No doubt. With friends and people who are committed to living a sober uh, life in recovery. Joining us today is a young man named Jacob from New Jersey. Jacob, good morning. Happy holidays to you as well. Hey, guys. Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, so Jacob and I first met via email about a year ago, and uh, same with Dan, going back to December of 2020. Uh, if you don't mind, well, you know, how long today have you gone without wagering, Jake? Yep, so my last bet was uh, November 18th, 2020, so I just hit uh, over a year of abstinence last month. Congratulations. Very Congratulations. proud of you for that. Thank you. Is that the longest amount of time you've gone without gambling? It is, yep, yep. Since the early uh, 2010s, it's been the longest time, so I'm very proud of that. And how do you feel? Are, is it a fight every day not to gamble? Are you drawn to it? Are there triggers, or do you feel like you might have it beat this time around? You know, hoping that definitely got it beat this time around. I think that, um, I know we'll get into it, but I've been in recovery for about three years, but... Um, you know, it's been a challenge for me. It's been a really tough thing for me to grasp and change. But this time around, I'm feeling really hopeful and I'm feeling pretty strong in my recovery. Great, great. Sounds like you're doing well. So let's go back. Uh, I know this might be tough, but I think it's important for people to hear. Jake's in his young 30s, so this will be relevant, I think, to many of you that are listening. And for those of you who have kids who are in their you know, 20s or even going into their 30s, I think a powerful story to tell. Walk us through your earliest memory of gambling. How old were you and what type of wagering were you doing? Yeah, so, I mean, going back to childhood, you know, um, there was there was not crazy, crazy gambling going on in the family. But, you know, I was really into sports growing up. And, and March Madness was, you know, one of my favorite times of, of the sports calendar. So filling out brackets, following the games in March, uh, that was a big intro for me, I guess, in its earliest phase. Um, you know, the college bowl, football, pick 'em, pools. Right. I remember my my grandparents had the weekly NFL, uh, the weekly sheets that they would, you know, circle a couple, I think it was like five picks a week, and, and I don't know where that pool was run, but a lot of, like, more, I would say, casual or social gambling going on. Um, that kind of made it feel like, you know, it's something that we do that's fun, that's acceptable. And that was kind of the early early days of, of my exposure to it. I know at one point when you emailed me, you told me that you became a 24-7 gambler. So uh, based on your age, did you go through the life of having a neighborhood guy, a bookie who booked action, or were you almost exclusively wagering just amongst friends or online? No. So once I graduated college in 2011, um, you know, I, I got a job, started getting some money. And uh, I got hooked up with a bookie, a friend of a friend, who uh, set me up with an online uh, sports betting account where the week ran from Monday to Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you square up with your bookie every every week. 
Uh, and that's when it really kind of escalated for me. Um, once I got a job, I started having some money coming in. Um, and then, you know, it, it became uh, literally an everyday uh, occurrence of my life. And one of the big differences people may not understand is with the legalization, Dan, of uh, of online wagering, which is, you know, virtually every state, uh, and, you know, New York starts here in a couple of weeks as well. You know, there's a major difference between betting as Jacob did with a bookie and betting now kind of more mainstream, and that is the ability to bet with credit, which gets a lot of people into trouble. That's how you bet with a bookie versus yep. when you sign up for the sites, you have to have the money or at least have a credit card you know, that has a balance on it. And I, I know for a lot of people prior to the legalization on the proliferation of sports gambling, they were getting in trouble because they didn't have to have the money when they made the bet. So I'm asking you, Dan, is there any belief that guys like Jacob who would now only be able to wager if they had a credit card or a bank account with money in it, that in a weird way that's a benefit to them? You know, that's an interesting question. I thought about this as well, because when you're, when you're gambling with a bookmaker, they're giving you credit based upon your good faith, right? Okay, that's fine. You know, guy down on the street corner is going to let you place his bets in hopes of and in expectation of that you will pay him. When you're betting with an online site, you also can put a credit card on file, and it's assumed that you're now going to have to be sitting with that bill after the bets are made after the fact. So there are some similarities. I think the big difference, though, is that with the guy on the street corner, you can't make in-play wagers. You're not right. going to go to him every five minutes with another bet. Whereas with the online sites now, the way it's marketed, the way the gambling has expanded because of the Internet availability, you can literally sit with your phone and every three minutes, one minute, be making a new bet. And it's that rapid, that repetition, the, the submersion into the world of gambling that really starts to trip people up. So, Jacob, tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, you started off as a kid, and you know, your grandparents have the parlay cards, and you're doing it, and you have a bookie out of college, and you got some money in the bank. At what point in your life did it become really problematic for you? Yeah, so I would say from like 2013 up until early 2018, about five years, you know, I, I was heavily betting on uh, sports via via that, that bookie there. Um, the main sports at first, uh, you know, ba- mainly basketball, football, baseball, but, um, you know, and, and when I began, it was, it was more of a hobby. I kind of looked at it as kind of like a side gig, right? Make a little extra money, watch the games, sure. yada, 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 but... It, it really quickly changed. You know, the next thing I knew, uh, I was betting on tennis matches in Europe or, you know, soccer games that kick yeah. off real early in the morning. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I got to a point where I just couldn't stop. Uh, it didn't matter what the event was. It didn't matter if I really had an opinion or not on the outcome. You know, I just got to that point over five years time where I just needed that action. And it was so easy to get via the phone. You know, it's just like a click here, a click there, and, and, and I'm off. How did it affect you financially? So it was my, around my birthday. It was literally the night before my birthday in February 2018. Um, you know, I had been betting for all these years and I had money coming in. And by that point, I had drained some savings accounts. I was able to get loans now that I had income. Uh, and I finally, I, you know, I had to come clean to my wife. It was one of the worst nights of my life. I had to tell her that 
uh, I had been gambling more than she knew about. And, uh, you know, I was in big trouble and it was one of the worst nights of my life having to come clean to her about our finances. How did she handle it? Was she totally shocked? Did she say that she kind of had a clue you were up to something? So she knew that I gambled. Um, I didn't try to, well, that's the one thing, you know, it's easy to, I think it's easy to hide just how bad it can get. Um, but she had an idea that I gambled, you know, we used to go to casinos together and stuff, but no clue as to the depths of what I did to get money, to get loans, uh, in the position that I had put, put our, put our marriage in. Uh, and it was brutal. She, I, I don't think she knew what to say and what to think, didn't know where to go for help. Right. But luckily for me, you know, she, she, she did help me a lot. She, she helped find me a, a therapist. Um, and at that point, that was my rock bottom. I didn't even go to GA yet for another year, um, which was probably not the best thing. And did you, did you gamble at some point during that year, even though you were seeing a therapist and, you know, uh, alleging that you were trying to get the help you needed? Yep, I did. I went back to gambling. Uh, that, my therapist was great. You know, she was, she was, she was really helpful, but she couldn't, she, she just couldn't help me stop gambling. And I don't think at that point I was ready to. Sure. I don't think I was ready to accept I had a problem um, and ultimately went back to gambling for another year until I entered GA. So what was the, if you don't mind sharing, the low moment? For a lot of guys, it's a, it's a specific night, a specific wager. It's, uh, you know, this is my last shot to get even or to get money back. Um, and you, you recognize you're either out of money or you're doing bad things or Whatever the case may be, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people have that, you know, bottom of the barrel moment that kind of force them to go get help. Do you have a moment like that? Yeah, it was that night because uh, it was February 22nd of 2018. Um, I I had maxed out, you know, all my the cards that I had, all of my the loans that I could get. I was down to I couldn't get more money. Uh, I couldn't find a way to pay my bookie, um, and I didn't know what to do because you know I would have, I would have debts to pay, um, and I just I, I was I, I didn't know how to move forward except to, you know I broke down one night in our apartment and I had to just come clean with with all of this stuff and and try to get some help on on what to what to do next. And uh, when you when you look back on that moment, I, I'm assuming you look back in that moment now with some clarity that that was. Actually, while the hardest night of your life, probably the best night of your life, too, no? Yeah, looking back now, for sure. I mean, that was a brutal night. Uh, the next day, you know, I went to, I drove to my parents' house. Uh, I told my parents, which was really tough. You know, my parents were crying. I was crying. Um, it was it was so emotional, you know, I, and I didn't know how that happened to me because I, I, that was one of the things that, you know, early on in, in GA recovery, I, I always said, you know, why me? Like, what did I do? I'm pretty successful. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm decently smart. Like, how did this happen to me? How did I end up here? Um, and, you know, what I've learned is that, you know, addiction is just uh, it doesn't pick and choose. It, it could really get anybody. And I didn't know what was happening to myself at, in, in those in those years that I was that I was gambling like I was. Dan, have have experts come up with uh, an answer to that question? You know, the why me? Are we programmed a certain way? Are are, are gambling addicts kind of like pre-wired that once exposed to gambling, you know, we're going to become addicts, or is there something else going on? 
there's there's so many different theories and just listening to jacob you know i always think about the biopsychosocial approach right there's something in our biology there's something in our psychology it's the way our brains are wired that we just process gambling a little differently uh there's certain personality traits that lend an individual to being more at risk than another and then when you layer on life experience trauma uh, PTSD, right? The environment in which we live. There's so many different factors that, that figure into it. Um, it's hard to pinpoint what the one thing could be. So, you know, I, I, I can hear Jacob's uh, point. You know, why me? Because I, I'm, I was in that spot. Craig, I'm sure you were in that spot at some point. But like, it doesn't, it's not just why me. It's, this did happen and, and it did happen. And now I need to make a choice consciously to not gamble one day at a time because I don't view gambling the same way as the next person does. You know, it's weird though, Dan, I never said, why me? I said, why didn't I stop? Like I never, I never had that sense of, you know, why is this happening to me? Cause I always felt it was really self-inflicted and there was so many that you were smart enough to know. Cause I, 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 well, I, I, I guess that. I guess I never processed that I was an addict until obviously it was you know, well after the fact and well after it being too late. But even in the middle of it, there, I had moments for sure. Like I look back, where uh, you know I had tangible moments in my life where it's me alone in a bathroom looking into a mirror, you know, kind of having that self having that self talk where I knew I was going down a bad road. I knew I was making bad decisions, and I looked at myself in the mirror and you know couldn't figure out. You know how to stop myself from doing it. That, that that's what bothered me the most. I think looking at a, looking at a mirror was probably the hardest thing to do at the deepest points of the addiction. And you know, you just said that, and that really just threw me right back to a time when I was in a room and I looked up in the mirror and I I just started crying. I didn't like who I saw. And looking at a, I avoided mirrors because of what I saw. That was that's interesting. Well, we're gonna hear more from Jake and Dan here in just a second. It's the Christmas edition. Of Hello, My Name is Craig right after this. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you, Dan Trelaro, and uh, Jake, uh, a uh, gambler from New Jersey, who in his young 30s uh, recognized he had a problem and has been without a wager for just over a year now. So uh, that kind of begs the question, Jake, how are you doing? How is life for you without gambling? Oh, man. <clears throat> life is so much better without gambling. And you know what? It's it's just easier. It's less stressful because, you know, I used to think I needed that action. Like, I just needed something. Like, I needed that gambling buzz. But I didn't know at the time, you know, it was just totally consuming my everyday whether I was at work, whether I was at the gym, whether I was at home, you know, I, I was glued, my, uh, my hand was glued to my phone. Uh, my head was stuck, uh, Googling scores, stats, predictions. Um, you know, I was never present. I was never present for, for my wife and friends and family. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just so much better. So I have such a clear mind without gambling. Um, and the last year has really, it's really been it's been a, a really great year for me. Yeah, it's it's funny you talk about time. Uh, I I think I've told this story before, but it's been a long time since I told it. You know, I used to spend a lot of time down at Hollywood Hard Rock in uh, in Florida, and I used to like going there because it was the uh, casino I was most successful at over a very long period of time. And I remember I was uh, friendly with a gentleman who's still alive today. 
He's 92 years old now. He was uh, in his late 80s at the time this conversation took place. And unfortunately, he lost his wife for 50 years. She took her own life. And we went down there, my, my family and I, for the funeral. And uh, I wound up, of course, at, you know, at, at Hard Rock. And uh, I bumped into him there, separate from uh, the rest of the family. We were just talking, having a drink, uh, and talking about, you know, here he is, a 90-year-old man almost, who had just lost his wife under these, you know, really crazy circumstances. And he knew I liked to gamble. And I'll never forget, he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, if I could give you any advice. And he was, he was not accusing me of being, you know, a gambling addict or making bad decisions. He just wanted to impart advice to me as, you know, a 90-year-old. And he said, Craig... You can always make more money, but you can't make more time. So value the time you have more than you do. And that's one of the very few quotes that anyone's ever said directly to me, you know, face-to-face, that has stuck with me. And I think, Jacob, what you're getting at, and Dan and I have certainly experienced, is that, you know, being there, but all there. Being there emotionally, being there mentally, and not just being there physically— and the amount of joy I've had in the last couple of years with my family and my kids, especially my wife, just being present is immeasurable. And these are moments that I would never give up for anything. And I think the longer you go now without gambling, I think you'll experience more and more of those moments. And I think you'll treasure them like you know, gold. I really do. And I'm glad that you're able to verbalize feeling that way. And Dan, I know you feel the same way. Absolutely. I mean, this is... And this is the day to think about those kinds of things. You know, just, just being present, being in the moment, having a Christmas where, you know, when, when the kids are opening the gifts, you know, I'm actually there, mentally there, physically there, being present, just being a part of what's going on and not worrying about the Christmas Day NBA games, not worrying about, you know, what happened last night on Christmas Eve and what am I going to gamble on today or tomorrow. I mean, it, just, it was a 365-day-a-year event. You know, it didn't take off for holidays. Addiction doesn't take off for a holiday. Right. I mean, if anything, you, you gamble more because you're home and, and you have more time on your hand to, to consume alcohol or watch sports or, you know, bet online. So it's just being present, being grateful and being thankful. It just really um, it, it, sometimes it's, it's a lot to really think about uh, how far we have come collectively and, and still how far we have to go, but it, it's a beautiful place to be. In. Yeah. And one thing, uh, guys, if I could, like I, what I've been thinking sometimes and you know, you, how you, how you have, uh, the memories on Facebook or, you know, on this day, five, six, seven years ago, yep. whatever it is, I can kind of look at those pictures and for whatever reason, I can remember, you know, what bets I had on those days. And that's really not a good, it's really bad memories to have like that. Um, you know, being able to, to to remember that. But in the last year, you know, um, my wife had a baby in March, so now I'm a father to my son. Uh, and it's just so nice. Like, it's been such a blessing. And being able to look back through our pictures of the last year and, and really being present, not thinking, oh, remember that day? You know, I had sure. a on, uh, the Steelers or whatever. Like, it's just, it's just such a blessing. Well, here's the advice I know Dan and I can both give you because we're older and uh, have been through it, you know, and we have kids, uh, you know, like dance recitals and Little League and football and all that type of stuff. You know, you'll cherish, you know, this the, the kid you have and the moments you get to spend with him. And those moments are so more powerful and better than anything you could have ever done inside a casino. And, you, you know, you live the life and you experience something and you're fortunate enough that you uh, have taken the road to recovery before you put yourself in a really bad spot like I did and like Dan did. So, 
in a weird way, you know, you're lucky in that regard. But uh, you know, don't ever take that for granted. Recognize that, you know, you you're very fortunate that you got the help you needed, that you're committed to the recovery, and that you want to be the best example possible so that when your kid is 5 and 10 and 15 and 20, they don't view their dad through the lens of, my dad's always gone or he's always gambling. They'll view it through the lens of, my dad's the greatest guy in the world and he loves me. And that's a far better lens for your kid to see you through for sure. Right, right. And I know, you know, my recovery is ongoing. I'm not, I don't have any... Uh... I know that one year of abstinence is only the beginning and that I need to continue working on my recovery because, you know, I don't think it can ever be fixed when, when, when you have a gambling addiction, it's just a progressive thing. And, you know, I really just have to stay focused and dedicated to my recovery in the coming years. Well, it sounds like you're doing that. And remember, you're a beacon of hope for somebody that's about to take their first step. You know, there's a 22 year old kid out there that may not relate to me or may not relate to Dan, you know, because I'm 50, I'm not telling you Dan's age, but, you know, you're more relatable because you're closer in age. And you're in a really good spot now where you can pay it forward as well and help other people younger than you recognize, you know, kind of the signs of the addiction and make sure that they get help. And it sounds like that's something you want to do, and I applaud you for that. And stay strong. And I hope that we're able to stay in touch and uh, celebrate your second year of sobriety as well. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate it, guys. Dan, before I let you go, you said something a little bit earlier. You know, today is Christmas, of course, that the holidays for most people are nothing but good times, good feelings, and family. You know, but for the addict who's still gambling, the holidays also can uh, be a very tough time. And uh, because this show's airing on Christmas, and there are people driving to families' uh, homes right now, I always worry about the loved ones of the gambler, the brothers, the sisters, the kids, you know, the parents, you know, they're the ones that we hurt the most, but also they're usually the first line of defense. And if you could just spend a moment here talking about those people and if they think they have a relative who they may see later today, that's acting a little bit strange that there are resources for them to get help. hundred percent. And you know, this is a time as we see sports betting growing across the country, especially with internet, you might have a, a family member who comes to the house who's, who's taking those frequent trips to the bathroom on their phone, uh, you know, for, for long periods of time, rooting for games that otherwise they may have no interest in. Those are some of the real telltale signs. And, you know, there are support services available, even on Christmas, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 800 Gambler in New Jersey and around the country uh, is available to answer people's questions to if someone has a problem or they're not sure if there's a problem, just to kind of pick your brain and, and kind of work through that with you. But what if someone actually has a problem who's struggling on the holidays and they want to get to a meeting, right? Since COVID, Craig, there's a website, and it's, it's www.gamblersinrecovery.com. It's okay. a great website, and it's a list of every uh, support meeting from around the world. These are Zoom meetings that you can log in any hour of the day, and you'll find a meeting in Sri Lanka, in Ireland, in Chicago, Illinois, and you can jump on virtually if you need a little boost of support, if you need a little shot in the arm to get yourself through the day. Get on a virtual meeting. Spend a half hour. Spend an hour. It'll be well worth your day and may make the day just a bit more enjoyable as well. And allow me to say uh, that this show is our 50th show. We've now done 50. Hello, my name is Craig's. And on behalf of the literally hundreds, if not thousands of people that I know for a fact 
have benefited from hearing your guidance and your advice and the stories of all the gamblers who have come on and been willing to share their personal stories on all their behalf, Stan. I want to say thank you to you because I really couldn't do the show without you. And uh, I know, uh, you know, offline and off air, you have uh, dedicated your life to helping people. Literally, folks, 24-7, 365. And I just want to thank you for that and thank you for your friendship. And I look forward to another 50 shows next year. And I hope you and your family and your beautiful kids and girlfriend have an amazing holiday and new year. And I look forward to doing this again with you in 2022. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that, Craig. And I want to thank you for, for, for having the platform and using it in the way to help other people, to provide encouragement, to provide support and hope for people, where at times it feels like there's no hope, that no one will understand. And, and for you kind of being a beacon of light, coming out the other side, just like I did, just like so many people do, and saying, yeah, you know, it is possible. And let's do a show to reduce stigma. And let's try to give people the hope, not that they need, but that as human beings that they deserve. You know, we all uh, should have a life where we can thrive and not just cling on to survive. So I want to thank you for your friendship, for your words of encouragement during various times throughout the year, and just being a part of this with you, being a part of this journey, and looking forward to the next 50 as well. Yep, next year is going to be great. Enjoy it. Be well. uh, And thank you for your time as always. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, too. I will be back Monday at 2 o'clock for a very special uh, two-hour show with Sonny and Anthony, uh, uh, a holiday special, Monday at 2 o'clock. Enjoy your holiday, and thank you so much for listening to Hello, My Name is Craig.